Welcome back, Chelsea fans, to a new season of the Romans Empire podcast, season number four, episode number one. I cannot believe that this podcast has been going on for four years, but uh, Sam, uh, you and I started this thing four years ago. Crazy. How does that, uh, how does that feel? Uh, I mean, it's been a long journey. The fact that we've got to this point is uh, a shock, to say the least, but uh, the only thing keeping me going is just... The thought of waking up to a here we go tweet from Fabrizio finally announcing a Kai Havertz deal, and then and then we can officially retire, because that's what well, we were calling well, for. Well, four years into making, even though you and I started the podcast, we wouldn't be where we are today without Andres. Of course not. Um, so Andres, man, how's it going? Good, man. It's been one of those good weeks for Chelsea. It's uh, it's all what is it? rainbows and butterflies right now <laughs> maybe even the best week for like, now honestly that we've ever had as far as like a transfer window arguably this beats Mourinho's big transfer window where he brought in like Robin check and all those guys yeah this beats what, that 100%. what about what, what about the window where he brought in Sesk and Diego Costa that was a we pretty still big are beating it. what about the window still... where we brought in Ross Barkley we... and Danny Drinkwater <laughs> two different windows. Two oh, different okay. windows. <laughs> well, so, whichever I'm one we brought in, one, drink we water. brought uh, Baba Ramen, Jilaboji. Oh my! Okay, that was. And we still after, for sure. And we still can't get rid after. of Baba Ramen. <laughs> Apparently, him and him and, and Danny Drinkwater. Well, him, well, him and Danny Drinkwater are apparently playing in a, with the development squad, trying to get moves away. So, oh, thank God. But, but I don't even okay gotta be honest with you guys i don't even think danny drinkwater wants to move you guys follow him on instagram do you see how comfortable this guy looks i want to be danny drinkwater so bad i want to be him so bad he's a premier league champion mm-hmm. he's done he, yeah he like he's one of those guys where what is it like where you reached and you actually won and now he's like i'm good yeah what he does won he have to the play lottery for? he doesn't need to try anymore yeah he I... out I'm not even mad at him. That everyone drew for him. I'm not like, even he's mad a at him. Champion Buster. Boom. How, done. How, how can you be mad at him? <laughs> like I would have taken the same fucking deal anyways. Like you, his, you're, his you're not gonna turn. Yeah. 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 You're not gonna turn down that kind of money. But um, and good business for Lester too. <laughs> yeah, it's and a... and I definitely did go on record saying that it could potentially be a useful signing at one point. So. Um, <laughs> For all of you that think we're insiders, that that tells you everything you need to know. Hey, but <laughs> didn't didn't uh, didn't he meet up with Chilwell and Mykonos? I mean, maybe he was useful after all. You were right. Who didn't meet Good up call. with? Didn't drink water, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was was he the one pissing off Harry Maguire? Oof. No, oh, that would have been double <laughs> double the work. <laughs> oh, hey, they they were having a little Leicester reunion. He just kept feeding Harry some shots and saying. Dude, those two guys over there are looking at you funny. Next thing we know, you have an f- angry fridge trying to assault a bunch of Greek people. Yeah, I mean, like, but I think most people look at him funny because, yeah, well, like you said, he looks like a fridge. Just his head is a mini fridge. <laughs> just the head his, head, his head's the size of, like, a toaster oven. <laughs> we just we went from fridge to mini fridge to toaster oven. <laughs> little, little did you know that Harry Maguire was a star of the Brave Little Toaster. <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> Wow, what a th- that's a throwback reference. If anyone gets that, you're, oh, uh, you're a millennial. 
Uh, okay, so let's jump into the transfer news. I talked about it before. What what a window. We're going to start off with the one that hasn't been official yet, but is pretty much official. Kai Havertz, uh, Fabricio, uh, since like last Monday, so like a week ago today, he pretty much confirmed the deal was done, but without actually confirming it, you know. It's a, it's gonna be around a hundred million dollar, uh, oh sorry, euro uh, transfer. I think eighty up front and then twenty in add-ons. Um, so I, I believe they're still negotiating the terms of the add-ons. So, um, but it's apparently he came in for his medical on Sunday, two days ago. So uh, that's that's surprising news to find out. I think that kind of that's the idea that you know the deal's already done they're just waiting for the right moment to announce it you know they're going off to international break right now and uh you know they want they want to do them at the stadium do them at the stadium announce them at the stadium stadium. (laughs) i think we all want to do them at the stadium at this point yeah so i mean we got got, (laughs) i would do them anywhere uh so this one's from at nick lenartson we have a twitter question he says with havertz arriving i like the confidence by the way who would you consider to, to be overflow on our midfield? Can we actually keep all of them? Uh, Zach, I mean, first, you want to just give your th- I mean, We've talked about Havertz every week, yeah. but it seems like it's pretty much a done deal. Next, I think next episode, it should be a done deal, and then we'll really delve into him. But uh, t- talk about just his impact on our midfield and just the pecking order, you know, what, what's going to happen. Well, I think first and foremost, the thing that needs to be stated is we have a serious player on our hands. And and it's not just Chelsea who think that. I think, you know, Kai Havertz is on that list of illustrious, you know, 19 to 22 year olds that, you know, the whole world is looking at as a potential heir to the Messi slash Ronaldo thrones. Um, I'm not saying he's going to be the next Messi or Ronaldo, but potentially a world-class player here at a really, really young age. Um, it's an exciting signing. This is, this is I think, is going to be a monumental one. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I can't remember the last time Chelsea nabbed a talent. Um, Eden with, Hazard. Yeah, well, yeah, that's what I was going to say. That, that was a lot. I think Hazard was the last person we bought with this level of potential and this level of, you know, European clout. <laughs> quote unquote to you know before the transfer becomes official like this kid is the real deal by all means was the, so, was the eden hazard purchase the most expensive at the time or was it not it was only 30 ish million yeah, yeah but like yeah. at the time there was there was more expensive transfers right uh yeah torres yes. went for for over 50 or about but that 50. was after yep. 55 Wait, no that was before oh right torres won right. The right right right, right. Uh, yeah two, two three windows before but oh, yeah, yeah. Torres for sure. was 55 for sure and but, then no nobody was paying these sort of values for 20 21 year olds back then. Yeah, this is yeah. going to be a record breaking like deal. And and Hazard for 35 was a lot back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and and some people are arguing that 100 million for, you know, a 22 23 year old now now is still too much. And to that I say, you know, time will tell. Like this is going to be a signing that definitely pays off, you know, even with the price tag, I could confidently say that. So, and if we didn't pay that price next year, it was going to be either Bayern or Real paying that price. So it's, it's, it's not saying the price price. is because he would be on one year. Yeah. He'd be on a, he'd be on a one year. 
but 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 the thing the thing I love most about this deal, guys, and Andres, maybe you could talk a little bit more about it, is that he wanted to come here, right? Yeah, the the fact that it, we're not beating anybody for the price tag. I mean, yes, we have the money and others don't. But Havertz is, was looking at Chelsea's project, just like all our other transfers have been saying. And, and this is the destination they, these young players want to come to. And the fact that he knows he's going to get the minutes he deserves and the skilled players around him, not just for one or two seasons, but the next five, six, is, is what's getting these young players and quality players like Havertz to say, yeah, I'm in, whether it's for Lampard, whether it's for the club, like, this is the perfect situation. It's I honestly, simple I, as that. Yeah, I, I, I honestly don't see how this signing could go against us. Now, I mean, to, to go to Nick Millenartson's question, because we haven't talked about that at all. Um, I'm interested to see what Lampard has planned for Havertz, because, you know, we talk about him being a 10, possibly playing as one of the attacking eights. But basically, this guy could play the eight, the 10. He could play on either wing. He could play as a false nine. So what what Lampard has planned for him and what kind of system he's trying to implement to get the best out of him is still up in question. We haven't really heard Lamp speak about him too much because he's officially not our player. So I think as this announcement becomes official, I think you know maybe with that first press conference, we could get a little bit out of Lamp's or, or maybe someone else in the coaching staff could give us an idea of what they have planned for him and how they plan on getting the best out of him. Because that's going to be the key here. You know, it's we're not bringing him to complement the rest of the team. We're bringing this guy to build around him. And I think that's something that Chelsea fans um, are expecting, especially with the price tag. Yeah, I, in terms of the outflow of our midfield, I think it, it was funny. I think it was Ron in our in our Rep Ultra Discord saying, you know, we might pull off the best triangular trade ever where we get Havertz. Uh, Leverkusen gets Patrick Schick from Roma which then gives Roma the money to buy Jorginho off our hands. Uh, so Jorginho, unfortunately, seems like the odd man out because we're either going to be rolling a 4-2-3-1 or a 4-3-3, it looks like, with the attacking eights going into next season. Now, in a double pivot this weekend, we had Kovacic and Conte as the starters. If we roll over to the 4-3-3 with attacking eights, then you're rolling with Conte, maybe Mount and Havertz instead of Kovacic, Conte, Havertz. And besides that, you have Barkley, who's trusted as an eight. You've got Gilmore, who's trusted as an eight or a six. Loftus-Cheek, who's trusted as an eight or a ten. So I think in the outs right now, I still think it's it's Jorginho as the, the main guy that you can probably move and who probably wants to move because he's a little bit older than the rest of this group. And apart from that, maybe Ampadu doesn't get to stay based on on just numbers even though i'd love for him to be conte's kind of mentee but yeah i, I still think Jorginho is the one guy and, and in terms of havertz overall this is an eden hazard level yeah. signing and i expect havertz to grow to be an eden hazard level player for chelsea and and that's i don't think that's a reach because that's what everyone is saying what everyone was expecting him to do whether he went to Bayern or Madrid or Barcelona, wherever the hell he was going next. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that this guy is our next Eden Hazard, if not better. Watch Jorginho start week one. Just It's going to happen. I know it will. Um, and also, just to add on to what you're saying, Andres, we're probably going to see a fair number of uh, 
two striker lineups. So that's going to congest the midfield even more, just from moving a midfielder. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. Um, let's move on to the goalkeeper situation. Uh, no new signings, unfortunately, to report. No interested buyers, it seems like, for uh, Kepa. And some interesting quotes from Peter Cech. Uh, so he said, I'll read his quote right now. While certain additions will be made to the squad, perhaps even at goalkeeper, no one's giving up on Kepa. We all hope for a great future for him. Under certain conditions, large transfers may occur, but I expect that there will be player exchanges and loans, and I think it's in significantly larger proportions than in the past. The situation is very confusing and unpredictable in terms of economic impact on individual clubs, and it's always changing. So, Andreas... How does this quote make you feel about our situation with Kepa right now? Yeah, let me let me get through like the political BS and just say this is check saying that we're keeping Kepa. There is nobody out there interested. He's talking about player exchanges and whatnot. I mean, we've already pretty much crossed off every player that we need outside of a keeper at this point. So I doubt anyone's going to give us a keeper for a keeper and think that they got the better end of the bargain. So I have a feeling that Kepa is going to be our starting goalkeeper week one and throughout this Premier League season. So two things, and they're both complete opposites of each other, but I don't know what to think of this, and maybe I'm reading too much into it. So on one hand, Kepa's saying we're not giving up on him. That's basically telling me that Lamps and Peter Cech sat down and came to the conclusion that we're not moving this guy without taking a financial loss that's going to be too big to recover from. The other hand is telling me, and this is the second part of the quote, where he mentions that there's a lot of player exchanges and loans, deals that Chelsea are not typically associated with. Um, maybe that's putting Kepa on the market and saying, hey, we're also open to loan offers as well. Like, you know, we're not we're not looking to maybe sell him straight away. We might be able to look at a one or two year loan possibly. That's what I want to think. That's glass half full. But um, deep down, I, I really do think that uh, it's going to be too hard to move. And I've been saying this, you know, since he pretty much got benched for, uh, for Willie um, after Project Restart. The money that we bought him for um, is almost impossible to recoup, even if he was performing at a high level. Um, let alone, you know, him having the worst save percentage in the Premier League. It's just too big of a fee to recoup from. I don't think we're going to get anything back. Um, it, you know, we'll take a 30, 40 million pound loss, if anything. Um, so I think the most realistic option for him would maybe to be, maybe to go back out on loan. He did sign a seven year contract. Um, he's already used up two of those years. He could possibly sh shave off another third if he goes on loan this year. Now, all of a sudden, that 70 million transfer fee, you could look for something around 35 to 40 million next summer when it's a little bit more realistic of a figure to get for a goalkeeper of his quality. Um, so keeping him may not be the worst thing ever, but I, I am going to say this. If we do keep him and not bring anyone else in, we are we are we are shooting ourselves in the foot. And, you know, no matter how well we do in this transfer window and all the players are bringing in and star power, if we cannot keep the ball out of the back of the net, we're still going to have trouble winning games. I mean, it's the Premier League and all the other teams are beefing up their attacks as well. So we're not going to be the only team scoring goals. We have to be able to defend. 
maybe Peter Cech looking at him and saying we're not giving up is him seeing some sort of quality. Um, if that's true, it remains to be seen with the fans. Um, but, I mean, it's Peter Cech saying this, guys. Like, like we have to stick with him. We have to trust him. So far, he's done a phenomenal job. So and It's not like he's you know, the guy who brought him in. You know, him, no, him and no. Frank Lampard did not bring him in. So, you know, yeah. I think it, it would be easier for them to move on from him. But it, it's sounding a lot more like what Andreas and you were saying, that there's just no suitable buyers out there. No one who wants them. And it's just going to be so weird bringing him back. I mean, how, how do you as a manager look at a guy who you sat for the three most important matches of the season? The FA Cup semis and finals and the Wolves match. Uh, how do you like look at him and tell him, all right, you're going to be our starter next season, knowing that you benched him for a 38-year-old uh, backup keeper uh, <laughs> in the three most important matches of the game? Now. Yeah, 39 now. Yeah. You know, like right then and there, if you're Keppa, that obviously the only message that's sending you is that this guy doesn't trust me, and rightly so. So it's just going to be weird yeah. to to have that next year. Like I really wish – we, we got rid of them and brought someone else in. I mean, everyone that we've been linked to, these names I've never heard of, they're all potential backups, you know. And so it is yeah. looking more and more likely that Keppel will be our starter, you know, if if not just to start the season, but probably the whole season. Uh, right. I'm, I'm not happy about that, to be honest. It, obviously, yeah. it's not it's, – it's, it's not – you know, I'm not, I can't blame the board or anything like that for not making a deal. It's just the market, and it's unfortunate. But you know, we'll, we'll see. You know, there is there is talent. Well, in there. we'll always be sweating anytime a shot is put on target. Yeah, I mean, there is there is talent in there, and I think a lot of it, a lot of it is mental. And who knows? Mm-hmm. Maybe he matures. Maybe check. You know, we we hired a new goalkeeping coach, right? Is is that am I? Yeah. So I don't yeah. know who this guy is. Maybe he's he's gonna help him out. Maybe check will you know, be more of a mentor to him. Uh, but he needs to come back about working out his wrists. He (laughs) needs to come back about 20 pounds heavier and with a completely different mindset and two inches taller, maybe too. That would help. (laughs) No, heels, heels. (laughs) There's, there's short goalkeepers that succeed in the premier league, but you you gotta, yeah, but, but you gotta (laughs) try to be a goalkeeper first, you know, and he hasn't done that yet. So I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm, you know, it, it, I'm disappointed. I'm not happy about the decision, and I'm not hopeful. But uh, it, I, I would say it's possible for him to prove me wrong. It's possible. Yeah. But I, I wouldn't bet on it. All right, let's move on. Uh, Mark, <laughs> you Gay, really want to move on from Keppa, huh, Sam? It's just a, it's just an annoying conversation that we have to have. About, yeah. Uh, yeah just, it has to make me remember Courtois, that that saga, Allison, and we missed out on him because of that. It's a, it's. Okay, let's move yeah. on. Mark Gahey. <laughs> uh, Mark Gahey uh, on loan, sending him out on loan to Swansea again. Uh, Andreas, what, do you have any thoughts on this move? It's it's a perfect move. He was basically forcing himself into that stri- uh, into starting 11 at the end of the season. Swansea didn't make any changes to their coaching staff, which only makes me think that he'll play even more. We all know the physicality of the championship. When it comes to defenders, if they can get the minutes there, that's a perfect kind of uh, test by fire league in terms of see if the young guys can handle bullies. So, yeah, I like that. I like that uh, loan a lot. 
Yeah, ditto. Um, no complaints. I think it's ideal for him. All right, then let's move on to Connor Gallagher. Um, this hasn't been announced yet, but it seems like it's pretty official. He's going to be on sent to Crystal Palace on loan. Uh, so it'll be nice to see him in the Premier League next year. Um, Zach, what, what, do, what do you think about his move to the Crystal Palace? Um, uh, to be honest, I like it. I mean, so far, Crystal Palace has been a good destination for our, our youth players. I mean, recently, we, rem- we remember Ruben Loftus-Cheek having his pretty much his breakout season there. Um, you know, the season he had at Palace enabled him to get into that World Cup squad in 2018. So um, Chelsea players have a good history there. It's a local club, and um, I'm just glad it's a Premier League team. Um, that was the main thing. You know, I, I, after watching some highlights of the, of the uh, preseason match, um, just getting a look at his physical figure, um, his body, his body is definitely Premier League ready. Um, so now it's just a matter of, you know, that mental test. Um, you know, it, it, does he have a high enough footballing IQ? Can he play quickly enough? Um, that's still in question, but it's definitely a good loan for him. I'm, I'm excited. And I'm actually going to be watching this loanee closer than all of our others, if I'm going to be honest. And you won't know if you're watching a Crystal Palace match or a Chelsea match with, with our third jerseys. Palace's Palace's kits look like how our third kits should look. Mm-hmm. If that is like our rumored <laughs> third kit, it is. It, Ugh, it's so God. disappointing. It's so ugly. I don't. I, I don't understand that. I don't think anyone. Uh, whatever. That. Andres, what do you think about Connor Gallagher? Uh, I I don't have anything else to add. I mean, <laughs> okay, yeah. he can play at left mid and center mid, so he'll be able to to fill a couple of different roles at Palace. All right, just a couple more possible loanies or this one's this one is a uh, confirmed trevor chaloba on loan to fc lorient um i don't have anything much to add to that either of you guys have anything you want to add i just think he's he's gonna be forever in the loan army at this mm-hmm. point I, yeah, I don't see him breaking into the first team starting to feel like dead weight a little bit all right then on to our last loanie uh bakioko to ac milan it's looking like a loan option to buy uh, deal is imminent. Uh, Tenali, AC Milan brought in Tenali as well, and reportedly that has no impact on the Bakioka deal, thankfully, because uh, we've been trying to get rid of him for a couple seasons now. But uh, yeah, apparently AC Milan wants him back, and we're, we're more than happy to send him on <laughs> your way. And he's more than happy to go back. He yeah. played well for AC Milan. Mm-hmm. It, oddly enough, this is a deal that actually satisfies both parties. For finally, we found All a place for three Bakayoko. parties. I mean, we, including Bakayoko as an individual. <laughs> All right, let's All talk. three people are happy here. Yeah. All of them. Win, win, win. All right, let's move on to our confirmed signings. So, this first one, Malong Sar. Might have not heard of him. Might have heard of him a couple of years ago from transfer rumors. Uh, 21-year-old French center back slash left back signed him on a free from Nice, and uh, you know the plan is to send him out on a loan. You know that, that, that's the traditional Chelsea way: sign a player, send him out on loan. Uh, we've there's been a couple links to Leverkusen, which would be nice. Um, but I mean, what kind of? I I don't know much about him. I saw a quick YouTube video. That's I don't think that's enough really to get a good. T- uh, taste of what he is but Zach I'll start off with you what kind of player is he and how do you feel about the signing um 
I, I, honestly, I like it. It's a free. It's I mean, it's on a free, so it costs us nothing. There's very little risk and a high reward. Um, I mean, it's somebody that has pretty decent reputation around Europe. Not as strong of a reputation as it was about two years ago in 1819, um, where he played mostly at center back. Left footer, about six feet tall. Um, last season, didn't have the greatest season ever because he played at left back. Uh, you know, I didn't sit there and watch every single one of Nice's games, but that's just what my research tells me. But, um, you know, this is a guy that's thought of pretty highly within, you know, French football um, and, Europe and European football even. So, you know, if, if we can get him maybe on a maybe loaned out for a year or two years um, and then maybe take a look at him after that to see if we can bring him into the squad, I, it, it's it's definitely a possibility. This is a guy that could work one of two ways. We either sell him for a huge profit, which is a plus, or he actually becomes useful and eventually becomes a squad player, which is also a plus. So I know Andres has uh, similar feelings on it, too. Yeah, I I mean, I, I what I, from what I found, he's got a nice left foot. His passing is is pretty good, which, again, as a left-footed center back, can always be a, a nice thing to have. Uh, he's pretty strong on a tackle, isn't afraid to go in for a tackle. And the one thing is, like, his positioning can kind of get him into trouble, but the guy's 21 years old. So at that age, you know, your athleticism can take you pretty far. Um, it's only a matter of time for him to get smarter. I'm hoping that this is more of a Zuma style signing where we loaned him back out there just because he's young, not because we were just trying to cash out on him. And then we bring him back in a year or two later. Cause yeah, I mean, he's, he's got, he's in the U 21s for, for France. I know Arsenal and multiple other clubs were after him and, and he chose us. So for a guy that's going on a free at 21, that means that we must have, pitched a good plan for him uh so i'm hoping that this this whole thing the leverkusen is true just because we all know that the bundesliga is not afraid to play young players mm -hmm. so it would just be a win-win for us to get a guy on a free and to make sure he gets to play on a decent side well there's already somebody with a similar profile that's doing really well in the bundesliga and upamakano i know he's a little younger than him but again like not the biggest center back in the world left-footed french um can dribble exactly exactly still don't know why you know, we were never linked with them the upumacano thing is weird because he just saw he just re-upped with them yeah this season and, and i think his buyout clause before that was only around like 60 million which i mean based on what we've seen that that looks like a pretty fair price um yeah it, it's a weird one all right let's move on to our next uh signee another free xavier or Xavier Mbamba, <laughs> Buyamba, uh, aka the next Virgil. Is this this is everything yep. I've heard about him? So so far, it sounds like a good signing. Eighteen-year-old Dutch center back, six-four, great in the air, comfortable on the ball. Thank you, La Masaya Academy. We'd love to take the Barcelona product, uh, but he. Uh, I mean, so far, yeah, he sounds like. The next Virgil, I'm down. <laughs> he, he spent some time on trial with Chelsea in 2018-19, uh, but we couldn't sign him because of the ban. Uh, reportedly, the club highly rates him, and Frank really plans to have him back on the club uh, in the first team within the first two to three years. So probably he will be loaned out or with our U, uh, U20s. We'll see what happens. 
Andreas, what do you think about the next Virgil? Dude, I, I can't <laughs> say I like went back and watched all of La Masia's games or whatever, but just 6'4", captain of the youth Netherlands team, also apart from captaining his La Masia team, like a natural-born leader. The size also is like fantastic because we haven't had size at center back in a while. I just want a guy who at a young age already knows that he can lead a whole group. Like I'm like, I'm yeah. best case scenario. This is like a Matias delict that we just like scooped up from Barcelona and we'll be good to go in the future. Like that's all I'm hoping for. Obviously again, another free transfer, low risk on our end, but I hope that we keep him close to the club or again, we secure a solid loan eventually for him before we bring him into the first team. Yeah, I don't really have much to add. Uh, Andres hit the nail right on the head. The biggest compliment you could give a young player is leadership. And at 18, everything I've read about him, um, every article I've read about him at least has mentioned that. You know, he's a leader. He's big. He's great on the ball. Great reader of the game. I mean, I mean, this this looks like a guy that that we want around the club. So, really, really happy with it. I mean, overall. Um, if you look at our center back depth chart, it's it's pretty ridiculous in terms of like potential youth talent. So oh, yeah. this is a uh, it's exciting. I mean, the, we're competing for now and in the future. I mean, the business that we've done in the last couple of seasons have been phenomenal. Uh, just completely turning around kind of the 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 fuck ups that we've done in the past five years. But <laughs> uh, I've I've loved almost every move that we've we've done. So mm-hmm. since the ban's been lifted, um, but uh, I, one thing I wanted to add about uh, the next Virgil, I'm just gonna call him that because I can't pronounce Buyamba. Uh, but uh, <laughs> he, I, I, a lot of the footage I've seen is him, you know, bringing the ball up the pitch, and I think that could be a little deceiving. I think in youth leagues, like I see a lot of footage of center backs bringing the ball up, and it's just, I mean, clearly they're not. You know, the opposing players are not at the same level as they are in the Premier League. So, you know, they're able to get away with that kind of stuff. So, you know, I'm not I'm not saying that he can't be a, a player who's good on the ball as well. But from what I've seen, you know, it looks good. But, you know, it's just something to, you know, keep an eye on. Uh, all right, let's move on to the next player, Thiago Silva. This was a great, great signing in my opinion. Uh, we signed a 35-year-old, soon-to-be 36-year-old Brazilian center back on a one-year deal, including a club and player option to extend for a second year if uh, either side wishes. Um, I mean, obviously, this is a short-term solution at center back. Uh, Nick Lennartson from earlier, and from every episode, actually, he asked uh, on Twitter, <laughs> he says, I can only see positive sides with Thiago Silva. What do you say? Zach? What do you say about Thiago Silva? I gotta admit, I changed my tone. I love it. Um, <laughs> after watching him in the Champions League final and then seeing us linked with him, like, actually the morning of even, uh, it was a, it's a good feeling. So, it's a stopgap, obviously. It's not a long-term solution. So, you know, this is at least going to buy us some time until January at the very least or next summer um but i mean we're bringing in a top center back and you know we didn't pay anything for him besides his salary and his plane tickets so it's a great signing um someone that's going to come in and immediately tighten the reins on that back line 
Tiago Silva is a no bullshit old school center back. He 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 kind of does it all, but um, you know, just looking at his signing and who he could potentially pair up with, the thought of him and Kurt Zuma playing next to each other is absolutely appetizing and John Terry Zuma esque in a way. And I uh I, I think I think that's gonna be our our center back pairing on opening day. It's it's uh it's it's almost too good to be true. Andres, you can glow. Oh Zach. I love to hear you. I love to hear you switch sides. How the turntables. I love it. Shout out to Michael Scott, the office. I've been saying Tiago on a free is perfect since I think when I found out he was on a free since May. I just never expected Chelsea, because of our history with older players within the last maybe eight years, we don't sign older players aside from Giroud. So I just thought uh, there's no way we would sign a guy of this age, unfortunately. But it's just another transfer that gives me vindication. I fought for Timo Werner since like last September. We got him. Now Tiago is here. And I think he's the correct mentor to like our beta filled young crop of center backs. Like he's the perfect alpha to their beta. Uh, Like you said, Terry Zuma. Now we have Tiago Silva Zuma. Uh, where Zuma maybe lacks the the IQ, he makes up for Tiago's lack of maybe recovery speed and and potential like aerial prowess. So while Lampard may be screaming directions from the sideline to certain players, you got now Tiago Silva, who is fluent in French, talking to your young center back, telling him where to go, when to go, and that sort of thing. So I think that's fantastic. Um, yeah. Another reason his signing is important is that it's not only a Zuma thing. He passes on the lessons of how to direct a back line. When you practice with this sort of guy every single week, you pick up on those things. I mean, you always want to look up to the to the older guy who's been there. I mean, I'm pretty sure he was in that last AC Milan team that won uh, Serie A. Like you said, captain PSG in the final and, and did a hell of a job this past, what, two weeks ago or so. People are even making songs about him. Yeah, the World Cup in 2014, had he not accumulated yellows, that 7-1 victory by Germany could have probably been prevented because the moment he wasn't in the lineup, that defense went to complete shambles. So Mm -hmm. that's the kind of guy we're getting. And on top of that, we pay his agent a fee, and we're saving the big money for when an actual world-class center back who is a long-term solution shows up. So... Extremely savvy signing. Again, center backs can play for ages, kind of like keepers. Just ask Juve and their center backs. So, yeah, this is a fantastic signing for Chelsea. Andreas with a great call again. Honestly, I hear Barcelona is accepting applications uh, for the role of president, possibly. So you should definitely send (laughs) yours in. For the role of everything, if Messi leaves. (laughs) What a shit. Sorry, Zach. I didn't mean to cut you off, but you're going to say something. No, I, I was just gonna say it's it it's a weird signing the Tiago Silva one in a way because it showed it's showing great restraint and great patience by Chelsea. Usually we aren't that patient in the window, and I and and kind yeah, of going we back signed to, the likes of Zappa Costas and whatnot and, and just drink water and yeah, player, exactly, right. exactly, exactly. The Emerson Palmieri's of the world, and we're still trying to get rid of them. Um, but yeah. It's 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 nice to see how patient we are, and I think I think Lampard and especially Peter Cech 
they're looking at center back as a really key position on the pitch. So I don't think they're necessarily going to rush into a signing just because they need someone there. When they could bring in a Tiago Silva for six months or 12 months, who will do just perfectly fine, if not better than someone where, that we need to bring in who could potentially be a project player. So. All right, let's move on to the next signing. And I got to give a shout out to Henry, um, one of our guests who was absolutely bought in 100% on Ben Chilwell and, and thought we should pay whatever for him. And finally, since then, I mean, that was a couple months ago, finally sealed the deal, reported 50 million pound uh, fee worth around 190K uh, per week. 23 uh, year old. English left back for 50 million pounds. I think that's that's a great deal, honestly, for uh, the kind of player that you're getting and just the need in that position that we have right now. And now Marcus Alonso can just strictly play as wing backs if need if needed. So that's that's also a, a huge addition. Uh, 27 last season he had 27 appearances, three goals, three assists. Zach, I'll start off with you. What what can we expect from him this season in terms of playing style? Well, for starters, we're finally getting a natural left back. Someone that defends first, attacks second. Um, but, you know, we're getting a 23-year-old player with a lot of potential. Um, he has a ton of pace. But I like this signing because, you know, it's, it's, it's going to allow him to grow at Chelsea and not only grow his value as a player, but it, it's going to allow him to potentially flourish into, you know, a potentially very, very dangerous left back for years to come. I mean, at 23 years old, you're looking at somebody that could potentially play there for seven or eight years. Um, you know, he's decent in the air for his size. He's been around the block in a Premier League. He was a part of that Leicester title winning side, even though he was a backup at that time. Um, but his ability to play box to box as a left back and get up and down the pitch. We see Alonso do it a lot. Um, but Alonso doesn't make it look pretty because he's really slow. <laughs> ben Chilwell is very it's a similar one, in that sense. It's a one-way box-to-box. Let's be he, real. It's one way. Ex- it is a one-way box-to-box. It's box. just a box. Um, it's just a box. <laughs> but we see we see a guy like Ben Chilwell come in who has tons of energy and tons of athleticism, and he gets up and down the pitch um, without an issue. So you know he's comfortable with the ball at his feet. He's made a couple errors this season. You know, he has had bad games, guys. Like, this is a thing. Um, you know, it's 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 not unusual for a 23-year-old to have a bad game. But who doesn't, you know? The bottom line, at the end of the day, um, is it's a great signing for one reason and one reason only. This is the only guy Lampard wanted. And we got him. Um, and the numbers we were seeing fluctuated anywhere between, you know, 50 to 70 million. The fact that we got him on the low end is a bonus. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just really excited to see what happens. I mean, this is this is an interesting transfer in the sense that Lamps is Lamps was being very very stubborn um, and adamant that this was his guy. Like you know, in other positions, I'm sure we had Plan A, B, and C. But at left back, I think it was clear the whole entire time that Ben Chilwell was ultimately the guy we were going for. So it's exciting. I'm just glad we didn't pay 80 million. To be completely <laughs> yeah. honest, right? I would have just been so. We got it on the yeah, I would have been beyond pissed if we actually buckled to to Lester's demands. Um, I know we're not a big fan of him, but like Goldberg predicted, like in one of his podcasts back in May, also that the price would never be that high, and it was really always forty five fifty. So 
it was always Lester just, you know, trying to big dick us kind of thing and try to push that propaganda to make us be afraid of signing Chilwell. But Chilwell wanted Lampard. Lampard wanted Chilwell. And that's why I actually am I'm kind of flipping my view of the whole thing because of his interview once we signed him and how he went into detail about the conversation he had with Lampard, how Lampard, how like Lampard told him how he intended to use him and how that works perfectly to Ben Chilwell's skill set. And I mean, you, you looked at those numbers and you said three goals, three assists. Well, Leicester City doesn't really focus on using their fullbacks in the final third as much as what I think Lampard wants to do. They're a so, very narrow team. They attack very narrow. And and it's very direct, too. I mean, when you yeah. have the pace of Jamie Vardy and Jamie Vardy gets in behind, he's going to score. I mean, that that's it. That is that is yeah. the game plan. That's trying the to, point, not trying yeah. to find Vardy <laughs> early. So usually the midfielders are the ones producing the assists. And, I mean, we had Aspie get, like, what, eight or nine? And he played out of position. He played half as much as he usually does on the right side. So I expect uh, him to have a minimum of double what he had last time and get a minimum of six assists just in the Premier League alone because I truly expect our wingers to be cutting inside and having our fullbacks overlapping all the time. And now Lampard is asking our midfielders to get in the box as well. So we're going to have the likes of Tammy, Giroud, Werner, Havertz, Mount, Loftus Cheek, all those guys as targets in the box. It's it's only a matter of of him putting in a half decent cross, and he could expect to to get an assist at least once every three games. So that's how I see his role. Maybe his goal scoring will go down a little bit, but his production will be better than what he was getting at Leicester. And honestly, just the fact that you know we're giving him excuses for being 24, which I think is okay. Like, it also puts into perspective, and I I don't mean to praise another player, but how good Trent Alexander-Arnold is at the age of 21, what he's doing, it's uh, it's unreal. But um, I'm hoping that – I don't think that Joel, Where the fuck did that come from? <laughs> just because he's a 23-year-old. I'm just – I'm talking – okay, uh, okay, this is young English left backs, and it's about to be uh, international break, and I'm thinking about how – you know, what other left backs he could compare to. Trent Alexander-Arnold already is a right back. He's a right back. Oh, yeah, what am I saying, obviously. But still, I mean, fullbacks. Like, yeah, that, that was a bad comment. Fair. But, um... I mean, I mean, I think I think what you're trying to say is that, we're, we're, I mean, we're also getting an English international who's probably the starting left back, right? I mean, I, yeah. I, who's there, English who and else? starts ahead Juan of Bissaka. him? Juan Bissaka. Juan is a right back, back also. also. Yeah, see all Reece these James, guys. right back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, that's where I'm, I'm mixing up. Kyle Walker, right back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, probably going to start. That's going to be that's going to be exciting. Perfect. Another that's, player to get yeah. injured on international duty. Can't wait. <laughs> okay, don't wait to jinx it, Zach. That's all right. I just knocked on wood. If you can hear that. Um. All right. Let's move on to the next. Uh, next. Not really a signing, but. Uh, Anthony Barry, who was an assistant at Wigan, uh, set to join Frank's staff. Originally from Liverpool, he uh, coached Reese James at Wigan in uh, 2018-19 when uh, he won when uh, Reese James won Player of the Year, and already has a reputation amongst the youth players based on his CV with uh, de- developing talent. Uh, you know, he played as a midfielder in the lower tiers of English football. 
I don't, I don't know much about him, Zach. Uh, I think you have a little bit more understanding of what kind of experience and skills he'd be bringing in, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I followed him since day one. Oh okay. Well, um, no, no. Big um, Anthony Berry fan. I really never they even had heard of Thanksgiving it. dinner with each other <laughs> from his times playing midfield in the lower tiers of English football. We've had an eye on him. He's... No, look. I mean, I I never heard of the guy until I saw the headline, um, but. From what I'm seeing, it's it's nice to see that we're getting a young prospect. Um, it looks like he has a great reputation. Uh, you know, I I always talk about that, but it's it's pretty important, especially in the English footballing community. If Chelsea's signing him, he must be a big deal. And you know, the guy's only 34 years old, um, so we could potentially have like a really um, young footballing mastermind on our hands, which would be nice. Um, but I like the idea of bringing him in to work with, you know, a guy like Reese James, who didn't have the best, you know, end of season. Um, you know, he didn't end the season as well as he started it. It looked like he could use a little kick up the backside at times. Um, but I think it's a great signing for players like that. The ones who have experience on loan in a championship who are a little bit more familiar with him and familiar with his teams. He might be able to communicate his ideas across to them, but um, you know, just in terms of developing young talent, that's what this signing looks like to me. Um, it, it looks like a signing that we're going to bring in to help the youth more than anything. Um, the the only thing I know on this guy that I read somewhere is that he was getting his badges along this, alongside like Jody and Frank to, to get to the Premier League level. And apparently this guy was like the whiz kid in class. Like this oh. guy coached circles around everyone else, but wow. because his name's not Frank Lampard, he was not, you know, initially as highly touted basically. So that's what I read. I mean, that's as far as it goes though. I, I, I didn't watch Wigan while Reese James was playing there. I watched Reese James highlights. So it was different. You know, I watched every touch he played, just not Wigan. So I'm hoping that, that, you know, the, like you said, the fact that we're taking a chance on not just young prospect players, but young up and coming coaches, English, good English coaches are hard to come by. So the fact that we're willing to give these young guys like the a voice and, and an opportunity to show their worth rather than, you know, rotating the big Sams and your um, Tony Pulis is around who now we know are obviously dinosaurs because Tony Pulis would in a Champions League final. Um, yeah, it's just one of those things. Well, I mean, if that's true, I'm so I'm, I'm excited for him. <laughs> I mean, uh, like, with with how much youth we have built into our team right now, uh, anyone coming in who can help develop these guys a little bit better would just be an added bonus. Um, all right, let's move on. We'll, we'll wrap up uh, our transfer discussion. We're going to do a quick ranking, okay? We have seven signings. I want you guys to rank them, one through seven, on whatever criteria you so please. So I'll just go over them real quick. Hakeem Ziyech, Timo Werner, Thiago Silva, Ben Chilwell, Kai Havertz, <laughs> Buyamba, <laughs> Malongsar. Those are seven. Andreas, I'll start off with you. All right, let me pull up my rankings real quick. All right, so my rankings, I'm doing it on immediate and kind of growing need overall. So 
I'll start with like my bottom tier and Biamba is at the bottom just because at 18 years old, we don't know what he'll grow up to be at the end of it. It's very exciting, but he'll go to the academy. He'll probably go on loan. We'll see what happens. Again, center back, we have a lot, a lot of center backs. He is highly touted. We'll find out. Then I have Malang Zar. I'm hoping I'm wrong, but something about this deal just looks like easy money for Chelsea to make eventually rather than really thinking he has a future here. Otherwise, we would, you know, sell Rudiger and keep Malang Zar here. Um, then you jump and it's like the next group, they're all kind of close together. I actually have Hakim Ziyech next because Chelsea was already top three in creating chances. We weren't uh, just we just weren't finishing them. So adding Hakim Ziyech just takes us from being like great to being up with the best at, at creating chances. I think it's a nice upgrade. I think he's a hell of a player. And finally, we have a left-footed player at the wings. I just don't think that he is going to by himself like be this like fill this massive gap that we were missing. Um, next, I have a tie between Chilwell and Thiago because our that's defense five and was, four, right? Uh, Thiago and Chilwell are four and three. Four and three, okay. And there, you can flip flop those. I already mm -hmm. spoke about Thiago and how I think his impact can be beyond his time here, but Chilwell, like Zach said, fills the need at left back. We've had left backs before. We just hadn't had the right coach to, to use them properly because we did have Felipe Luis at one point and that sort of thing. Just those projects didn't work. So I'm excited to have a guy who the manager actually wanted from day one. Um, and then my top two, I have Havertz at number two. When a world-class player is at your door, you find room for him. And the guy wants Chelsea. Chelsea wants him. He is, again, we weren't lacking attacking midfielders, but you don't pass on a top 10 talent. So Kai Havertz is number two. And then Timo Werner for me is number one, because again, I'm talking about last year and yes, Tammy scored a lot of goals, but Tammy was the only guy that scored a lot of goals. And we've had the issue with scoring a lot of goals pre Tammy. And it's just been an issue since Diego Costa left. Morata tried. Giroud has tried. I mean, we've, we can't find an answer. And this dude scores goals for fun. He can do it from the wing. He can do it up top. And he's not afraid for a challenge here in the Premier League. So Werner, to me, is the best signing that we've made in this in this window. So my list is a little different at the top, uh, but similar towards the bottom. So I got Malang Sar at, a, at number seven. Um, it's easy money. Uh, and... Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's pretty much all there is to it. It could only be a positive in a sense we cash out or, you know, we actually have a player. Um, I got Buyamba at number six only because it's not going to be the most immediate impact signing, uh, but it could potentially be um, a really good one. So I, I love that deal. Uh, ben Chilwa at number five. It doesn't blow me out of the water. It doesn't, you know, he's not world class. It's not, he's not going to completely transform the way we play, but he is going to help a lot and... Getting him for only 50 compared to 70 or 75 is really good money. So uh, decent business there. Um, number four, I got Hakeem Ziyech. Um, that's, that just tells you how good of a transfer window we had, guys. <laughs> when we got Ben Chilwell and Hakeem Ziyech as a fourth and fifth 
you know, least favorite signings of the window, I guess you could say. Um, but with Ziyech, I always loved the guy. You know, Champions League, he always puts on a show. Um, and I finally think we got our guy who could pick apart deep-lying defenses. He could pick locks, um, and, and that's going to be crucial. So great addition to the squad. And I, here's where I know Andres is cringing. Um, I got Timo Werner at number three. Um, I'm being really modest here. 25-plus goals and assists in the Premier League guaranteed next season. You heard it here first on the Roman's Empire podcast. <laughs> it's an easy bet, guys. Um, that's just being modest. He had 24, 25 goals alone in the Bundesliga last season. Um, he's a beast, and he's going to add goals to the team. But I don't think he's going to be the most important. Um, number two, Thiago Silva. Um, finally, we got our leader at the back. Um, it, it was crucial that we found a guy, whether a goalkeeper or a center back, who could kind of deputize and get shit in gear and get shit in order. Um, that's what we needed, and Thiago Silva is gonna—he's probably—he's gonna lay the smackdown on a lot of these fools in the back line. Um, you know, he's definitely gonna keep things in check, and I think this could potentially be number one if we do not sign a goalkeeper in this window, um, because that organization is—it it was just so blatantly missing last year. Um, number one, I got Kai Havertz. Um, I said it before, and I'll keep saying it. Um, he, he is going to be world-class one day. And uh, I just think, you know, even for the 100 million price tag, you're going to be looking at like a top, like five to top seven player guaranteed at one point. Um, it, it's a really, really exciting signing for us. Uh, okay. I'm, I kind of, I, I kind of rank this on a level of importance because we didn't really go into depth on how we're ranking them. So, so for me, it was a level of importance. What what addressed our most immediate needs and the money we paid for it? So, go yeah. Through, wait, go through your your seven in, in order again, real quick. Sorry. Okay. Number one, Kai Havertz. Mm -hmm. Two, Thiago Silva. Mm -hmm. Three, Timo Werner. Mm -hmm. Four, Hakim Ziyech. Five, mm -hmm. Ben Chilwell. Six, Buyamba. Number seven, Malangsar. All right, and Andreas. I, I, first off, I just love that Zach went from not wanting Thiago Silva to putting him at number two. Love I'm just going to keep looking that up. Love, love it. That. Well, love well, it. well, listen, listen. And I said it because now that we're not getting a goalkeeper, it makes so much sense why we why we were being linked to him. Mm -hmm. Like we we needed like a like a just a, a fucking Spartan. Yeah, like yeah. basically, the guy the guy will run through hell with with anybody. So that's why I like it. He's a warrior. Uh, yeah, mine was from top to bottom. I had Werner number one, Kai number two, Tiago number three, Chilwell number four, Ziyech number five. Then there's like a big gap. And then Tsar six, Biyamba seven. Okay. And none of these are yeah. bad signings, by the way. I, I just want to say that's how good this window really is. I'm going to go ahead and say this, and I don't know if you guys will agree with me. I doubt you will. But I think Ben Chilwell was our most important signing. Honestly, like that left back position was definitely the one that I was scared about the most. Obviously, center back is 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 not, <laughs> you know, it's not ideal. But we have at least quality players that, inconsistent as they are, they're still quality players. Like we only have Marcus Alonso, who is n not in his position when he's playing at left back. And anyone else that we have at left back is shit. So 
And I, I think that Ben Talking Chilwell... to you, Emerson. Yes, thank you. I, got you, so. Got I you. didn't want to name drop, but... Uh, <laughs> I, I'm also very impressed by him defensively. And I don't think that, you know, I think what you're saying about Frank talking to him and, uh, you know, his role changing from, you know, sitting back and to pushing up now and playing more of the offense and attack. But I think that he's actually very solid defensively. And I think that's something that's not really brought up a lot in his game. So, yeah. um, and I mean, I think he's going to be our long-term left back for the next six years minimum. Um, and I'm really excited about that. Um, and I think everything else, all the other signings, Thiago Silva, obviously, like what you already said, but I mean, Timo Werner was, was just, you know, the, the problem we had of finishing, he'll fix that. I think the Kai Havertz signing is not necessary, you know, but (laughs) I love it. See, like that—that—that's why these I rankings. Agree. I agree. These rankings are like. It is the most important signing. That—that that right there, like that is, our. That's our marquee signing. Like, well, like think yeah. about this, guys. We got Ziyech, we got Werner, we got Chilwell, we got Thiago Silva, we got all those deals across the line, and this guy is shitting on all those deals. Like, yeah. that's how big of a deal it is. I mean, but, but I mean, like monitoring? this window, I still think this window would have been like, let's say, we never get linked to high, Kai Havertz. I still think this window's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. like we it, this is just Either an way, addition. Listen, if we just picked up Werner, Ziyech, and Chilwell, it's like a it, it's a great window alone. And, and I think that right. if 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 we like I mean if we're talking about what player is going to be the best out of all of the players that we have signed, I think Kai Havertz is going to be the best he, out of all of them. He has he's when he right. comes into our squad and he goes to Cobham, he will have the highest ceiling at right. Cobham. Like, of course. There's no doubt. But yeah. I think what Salminar is saying is if you don't get the Timo Werner next to him, our goal issue doesn't fully go away. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. like if you yeah. if you get Kai but you don't get but, Timo or Ben Chilwell, well, 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 yeah, there's still exactly. big issues there. But Ex- if you mm-hmm. don't get Kai and you still get Timo and Ben, you're like, oh, yeah, we're still good. Yeah, well, well, like I would have been happy well, if we only got those two. Well, the difference between no signings and this one is those guys are like ready-made. I think I think we know what we're gonna get from them, you know, in terms of what type of player and what type of quality they're gonna bring to the squad long term. But with Kai Havertz, there's like still a lot of unknowns. He's still really mm-hmm. young, and he's still getting exponentially better every year. So, oh yeah. man, I can't wait for what up? the for Chelsea Twitter to completely turn on him after one bad match. <laughs> it's gonna wait, be wait, before, amazing. Before we get to that, Tom, what's your full ranking? Sorry, I, 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 I it's not like I, I'm not gonna put Chilwell. Read it off. One. Re- read it off. Read it off. Okay, I'm gonna put Chilwell number one. All right. Okay. Then I'm going to put Thiago Silva, number two. All right. Then I'm putting Timo Werner. Then I'm putting Kai Havertz, as far as importance. And then Hakim Ziyech and Boyamba and Sar. Boyamba and Sar, in my eyes, are just interchangeable. It's yeah. the same same story. There's a lot of yeah. unknown about them that could potentially, uh, you know, bur- uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? But, yeah. Uh, and the Hakim ZX signing is is like amazing. I love it. You know, like coming into the season, that's what I wanted to bring in. But like, I think all of our other signings have been better players. Yeah, 
which yeah. is crazy to think because I didn't. Yeah. I, I mean, going into this season last year or this past season, I didn't really have that those these kinds of signings on my radar. Like, yeah, I really didn't think we were gonna make moves like this so soon. But hey, I should have seen it coming with that Hazard money coming in. And I mean, who 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 didn't predict this uh, this global pandemic? We should have seen it coming. <laughs> but okay let's let's move on and uh also by the way if you guys uh agree disagree with our rankings let us know on twitter we'd love to hear what you guys yeah. think uh i'm talking to you seamus <laughs> all right let's move on so normally we have uh you know thoughts with one of our twitter followers the roman romans empire ultras we alternate between thoughts with nick lenartson and thoughts with Bone Daddy Cool, a.k.a. Bone Daddy Deluxe, a.k.a. Ron. But this week, what a special treat. We actually have thoughts from both Bone Daddy Cool and Nick Lenartson. So I think it's only right to start off with Nick since he is the OG of this section. So uh, I don't have the the Swedish uh, <laughs> national anthem on cue, but <laughs> maybe I'll add it in post. Maybe I won't. Uh, quick thoughts with Nick Lenartson. Tiago, Tiago will bring defensive structure. I right, too. We are overstaffed on our midfield. He's worried about that overflow. Three, Kepa will slash should stay and fight for the first spot. Wow, he's turning on Willie Caballero real quick. Uh, four, we need to start to offload Deadwood. Couldn't agree more. And five, our attack will be crazy good this season. Wow. Well thought out, quick thoughts by Nick Lenartsen. And those were quick thoughts, finally. I mean, before his, his quick thoughts were a couple sentences long. But here's a – now we're moving on to Ron's thoughts. Could I, could I do Ron's? Yeah. Can I have the honors? Uh, please. I'd love to do Ron's. Hello, Ron. Um, so quick thoughts with Bone Daddy. Um, how annoying have Arsenal fans become? Um, this isn't news to anybody, guys, but Arsenal fans have always been annoying. Hey, the Brazilian um, brigade coming in. Oh, yeah. Number two, don't ever like international breaks in the middle of a season. And this one, this week, is so not needed. Um, I think he was trying to say in the beginning of the season, and yes, it's fucking bullshit. There's way too many international breaks. I agree, Ron. Uh, number three, should we be worried about all the positive tests for COVID? There have been a couple, man. Adama Traore. I didn't think anything could get that guy sick. And um, reportedly, there's some in our club. This is unconfirmed reports. Oh, but, but we look, never I, talked about that. But yeah, yeah I mean, I, uh, I think that's what he's talking about. Listen, a couple trips to Mykonos will do that to you. Um, <laughs> if that's the case, I mean, so be it. I'm sure a lot of other clubs are gonna. St- there's gonna be a lot more positive tests at surface. Yeah, I remember you caught um, something when you went to Mykonos too a year ago. Uh, th- that wasn't COVID, so <laughs> that was pre-COVID. <laughs> Not something else. All right, this is number four. Um, this is RLC's make it or break it year. Ah, uh, dude, agreed, hundred percent, percent. We talked about it last week. I mean, this is this is it for him. He has to he has to show up or show out, and show out actually. Um, number five, the passes that Ziesh was sending on Saturday were wizard esque. Yes, they were. I think that's the type of player we're gonna expect. Someone that drops in and asks for ball to feet. Um, uh, it, it's it's a little unusual. He kind of adds another man to the to the midfield. 
By um, the way, so I we're going to see a lot of that this season. I had that almost exact pass and goal from Werner. I mean, from Ziyech to Werner in FIFA today. So hey, the, expect a lot it. of it. Yeah, get used to it. If that. you guys haven't seen it, there's a video of Ziyech pinging like a 70-yard like <laughs> diagonal in the Champions League two or three years ago. Against Madrid. Um, if, 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 yeah. If you guys are like crazy about the technical side of football, you should check it out. Uh, number six. What impressed me the most about Timo was his hustle, getting back to defense, getting back to defend and such. Yeah, I mean it's his first game. Look, I, I mean even though he's an experienced player, he does um, he does have to work for his position. Lamps is very adamant on that. Uh, number seven, do not sell Conte. Um, spoiler alert, Ron. Um, it is confirmed that we're not selling him, but we are uh, not Fabrizio. Um, so yeah, and uh, lastly. But not least, number eight. Would love your thoughts on all or nothing. Oh yes, Ron. Love oh, great. Here we go. Love here we go. So I'm a huge content. supporter of the show, by the way. Just because all of or it. nothing. They're two for two, dude. So far this season with Mourinho has been gold. Except I hate that they only gave Pochettino like 20 minutes. So so this is like <laughs> it seems like he so, got fired. He did get fired pretty early. Here here's my question. I'm a little late to the party with the all or nothing. I just finished Man City's last night, and I'm about to start Tottenham's. Um, is it all or nothing Jose Mourinho, or is it all or nothing Tottenham? It's, it's uh, Tottenham, but it the, is mostly The second Tottenham. episode was very Mourinho-centric. Um, I, won't, I won't watch it if it's not all or nothing Jose Mourinho. I mean, I it pretty much is. I mean, I, I, it's only the first three episodes, but like they're going to eventually talk about Christian Eriksen's negotiations and how he's going to leave. Yeah, um, let, let's not spoil anything for people who haven't seen it. And it was only the th- first three episodes, but I, I just, mean, I think, it happened I mean, in real is, life. Is it yeah. really a spoiler? Yeah, <laughs> it I know. Happened, but I know. but the details and the things that Mo says in the in the locker room and stuff, it's it's pretty good. It's awesome. So, I love it. To be honest, like it's just you know what's gonna happen, and it just makes it so much more satisfying to see it. And uh, like the best part of the episodes, I mean, this is not a spoiler was the Chelsea game and Son's reaction to getting a red card on that kick. So funny. Uh, oh, my I God. I didn't even watch it, and I could just imagine him crying and spiking a water bottle. Bro, it is – it's unbelievable. I didn't and do anything. That, that, basically, basically, Zach. Yeah, he literally, what he did? literally he's like, he's like, how's that red? How's that red? <laughs> is that what he broke Andre Gomez's ankle? Bro, no, 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 no. It was ours. Kicked, it was when ours. he kicked Rudiger. When he fell on the ground and like, oh, did an extra kick. Oh, How's that red? And, and the best part, the best part about the whole entire series is how visibly salty Mourinho is about us sacking him. I mean, it's it's brought up so many times throughout the show. And, you know, like, I, I totally forgot, like, that, you know, that, that, that match right before Christmas, they were six points behind us. Yeah. In fifth. We, we, we sucker punched them. So yeah. like, if we lost that match, they would have been one game behind. Uh, so I mean, I totally forgot about that part of the season, but he's just so salty. It's it's yeah. it, I love it. I mean, it's so it, it should be classified stuff, as a comedy. It should be classified gonna, as a comedy. I'm gonna watch it, and I think. I think we should all like stay up to date with it and report on it every time an episode comes out with a se- quick segment on the podcast. Yeah, I think it's every three episodes. Yeah, there's every, three. three, weeks. three yeah. Well, well, it's I'm gonna watch. I'll tell you what. Next week we'll do a review of the first three. So <laughs> yeah, if you're man. listening, 
the second three will be out. It's by only then. three episodes. Yeah. So maybe we'll do great. maybe we'll do a recap of the first six episodes. But yeah. yeah. All right. Um, let's move on. To, wait, did you, Andre? Is there anything you wanted to add about <laughs> all or nothing? Or we'll talk no, about no, no, no. That's week. it. That's it. That's all it. right. Let's go on to Twitter questions. Uh, not too many this week. We already got gone over a couple. This first one's from at Nacho Fuentes. Shout out to Venezuela. He's he asks, are we going to make Marina an honorary hashtag rep ultra? Absolutely. Roll out the carpet. I mean, let's send them a letter. We know we can find Chelsea's PO box. So why not? <laughs> In, invite by letter, the most formal invite uh, to the Romans Empire that we've sent out so far. But I mean, she's a godsend. What what more can I say about Marina? She's been so 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 on point Marina, for us. Marina, Marina, Marina. God bless that woman. Is she single? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> She's. Uh, I mean that, and I mean that in the most respectful way possible. Her net worth yeah. is probably the the most intimidating thing <laughs> yeah. I could ever yeah. see in a in a female. Maybe she's but, too. Yeah. Maybe she's too good for me. Uh, She's way too good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Thanks, Zach. Uh, thanks for the support. This I believe in <laughs> Thank you. Andreas, thank you. This one's uh, from at Drew Norris 11. He asks, after the addition of Chilwell, which left back do you see staying, Emerson or Alonzo? Which do you pers- personally prefer to see stay? So I think he meant to say Alonzo or the other left back. That's what he meant yeah. to say. Um <laughs> I mean, I think I think it's pretty clear where I stand as far as which one. I think we I all can, agree, right? That it's kinda... Alonzo is our preference, but it's also the one that makes most sense. Yeah. I mean, I, I could kind of give you guys a quick update. I mean, I, I, I saw something where his agent kind of went out and said, like, don't rule out the Inter deal. Like, you know, there, there are still teams in Italy that are interested. So I know they just leave. leave. He, uh, yeah. Pretty much. I mean, he didn't get any playing time under two different managers in two different seasons, so or three different managers in three different seasons, even. So, right. Yeah, he's gone. He better be gone. I don't want to see him next season. He's blocking he like, what? path for Ian Monson, dude. He has one assist in like seventy appearances, sixty appearances, something along those lines. Yeah. Yeah. And a goal. Don't forget that goal slash assist against Liverpool. Yeah. No one, no one forgets. All right. Um, I don't know who asked this question, Zach. You didn't include who it was. Is it also Drew Norris? Um, All right. I'll go to the next one. This one yeah. is from uh, a show. F- this is one of our favorite uh, question askers. I don't know what the correct term is. <laughs> Luis Velasco. Contributors. Yeah, contributors. At Luis Velasco. If that last, name sound- yeah, that last name sounds familiar to you, he might be related to Andreas. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's Andreas's pops, by the way. So he says, Chelsea is building up a team for now, tomorrow, and many years to come. The front two or three averages, what? 24 years? Or front two-thirds? Uh, averages, what? 24 years? Is this the youngest team with the highest potential in the Premier League? Oh, boy, Andreas. What a question. Man, what a guy, huh? <laughs> I can see why you turned out out the way you did, Andres. Shout out Papa Velasco. Shout out to Bayern Munich, Dad. Good for you. Another trouble. Congratulations. Well deserved. 
Well deserved. He uh, had a fun week and got to watch the the Champions League final beach side with my mom. So they had a good way to celebrate. Full bar, just them watching with their Bayern gear. But anyways, yes, this is 100%. I think we are, with the new signings, it would say that going into the end of last season, there could have been an argument that United was right there next to us in terms of both youth and potential and, and kind of what that curve would look like. But... Chilwell at 23, Timo at 24, 25, uh, Pulisic is 21, Mount is 21, Tammy's 21, oh my god, I'm, I'm, uh, Tamori 21, Cav um, Havertz 20, I mean, all these guys, I mean, they have been either won like a golden ball or a bronze ball at their international tournaments, they're, they're international players now at the senior level. We're we're gonna be a um like a what's the word I'm looking for like more than a menace what does it look like a just a force to be reckoned with that's what I'm looking for yes that's what I'm looking for the too. next the minimum five years because we all know egos get in the way and whatnot but at least the next five years we're gonna be wi- winning some major trophies and I think that the board saw the light after what happened between Conte and Sari and, and where our trajectory was going with the short-term approach. And now we're building a core for, again, the minimum next five years. Zach, what do you think? It's, it, it's a really exciting time. And I think the fact that, you know, we're now being not only youth talent that's ready for the first team and like Kai Havertz and, more established players like Ziyech and Werner, but we're also bringing in and attracting youth talent that are 18, 19 years old. I mean, we got Billy Gilmore last year. You know, we got um, Buyamba this season. There's, there's a, I, I mean, I could go on and on about who we added uh, in years past. I mean, but we're a destination again. And I think, that's the overarching theme of this whole transfer window. It's not so Chelsea could flex their financial muscle, um, but you heard every single signing say the same exact thing. You know, I want to come here because I looked up the Lampard and I want to play for Lampard. And I think as long as Lampard's here, we're going to keep attracting young talent. And um, I mean, it's up to him to see what he can do with it. But if I'm going to be honest, guys, I think we're in for a treat, you know, a healthy amount of trophies in the in the near future. So really, really exciting. And uh, congrats again on the Bayern win, Papa Velasco. It's exciting, man. Yeah. Winning the Champions League. We gotta do we, we gotta do that shit again. It's been <laughs> what, way too Champions long. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's, it's been way no, it's coming. No, listen. Incoming. Don't worry. Um okay, we got let's move on to this next question. Uh this one's from Michael Conan at M Conan1789. Oh, I like this one. Ziek was wearing the 22 in the preseason match. Okay, that's Pulisic's old number. Does this mean 10 to Pulisic, or does Havertz take it? Also, do you think Declan Rice makes an appearance in blue before the 14th? Huh. Uh, I totally forgot about Declan Rice, to be honest. All these signings that we've made, I forgot that he was a thing. But, uh,. Andreas, I'll start off with you. Yeah. What numbers would you like to see? I say Pulisic for sure gets a 10. I think Chelsea has awarded players who are already at the club to get the 10 in the past. 
Um, and I think I would love to see Havertz get number 13 because Balak was number 13. But I know Willy Caballero is number 13, so that's potentially not possible. Um, They'll make it so possible. I don't know. I don't know what there. I don't know what open numbers there are right now that he could take. I mean, 14 is well, maybe 14. Is there? Do we even have a 14 right now? Maybe. I I know that. Uh, let's see. 12 is Loftus Cheek. 15 is Zuma, or is he five now? The point is random. You the usual the usual midfielder numbers aren't there. Maybe yeah. he can be 23, and we say sorry, Mishi. But the 10 has to go to Pulisic. And in terms of the Declan Rice thing, apparently the rumors kind of quieted down because Chelsea just really wanted to finish the Kai Havertz stuff. I honestly can't see us going all in before the 14th on Rice without clearing some of the players that we still have in the in the salary on Wait, salary. Bakayoko was 14. He can't take that. Ah. <laughs> yeah, whatever. But yeah, in terms of Rice, I think. If we can get some of these players out, like if we can get Zapacosta, Emerson, Bakayoko, all those guys out soon, maybe we can get them this window. But I'm starting to think that Chelsea is going to, again, play the waiting game when it comes to Declan Rice. Because, yeah. again, the way the economy is is today, like Czech referenced, it's a little bit harder to get rid of these players even at a cut price. Well, not only getting rid of the players, but the other clubs replenishing their squad after losing a player right you know it's harder for other clubs to bring in reinforcements but going to michael conan's question yeah i think Pulisic did enough to earn a number 10 shirt it's it's like the big question and and nobody knows and there hasn't even been like a hint of it from the club like not even a cheeky tweet or anything so um really curious about that um i'm also curious to see if kai havertz is going to hold it up um when we announce him that'll be interesting um, and in terms of the Declan Rice deal, yeah, I, I don't see it happening before the 14th, if I'm going to be honest. Um, you know, I know Peter Cech said that we're going to, ex- you know, try to make deals through the month of October. Um, so I think Declan Rice is definitely a deal that he was probably referring to. Um, you know, it's very complicated at that kind of money. Clubs usually don't have cash at their disposal. So they got to structure these more like complex payment methods and different kinds of loans and equities being exchanged. So you know, it's a lot more complex than it has been. I highly, highly doubt that, you know, in the next two weeks we'll get Declan Rice. But I do think we'll go in for them, in for him um, before the end of this window for sure. You know, I, I don't think by any means we're done. You know, the fact that we got Kai Havertz doesn't mean the rumors are going to stop. I, I think the club is looking to make maybe one or two more. Then we need to sell. If that's the case, yeah. we need to start selling. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I mean, the Deadwood is only going to accumulate so much. Like, how much is... How much is uh is is he gonna cost? Declan mm-hmm. Rice probably like forty to fifty million. Seven. No, uh, more. no more. Like more. more yes. West Ham is in in financial issues, and and a big number on Declan yeah. Rice can really balance things out for them. So yeah, you got a London club. They're selling them to a rival. Yeah. Yeah. So, exactly. You gotta. We gotta sell. I don't know how yeah. that's gonna happen. So personally, I don't think Declan Rice is gonna happen. But if it does. I mean, next that's just, season. That's just, yeah, that's, that's just going to be a, a huge offload. Like, I think we'd have to sell Jorginho for sure, like all the Deadwood, and then maybe and, if and again, Conte. I think we're showing restraint. Yeah, I, yeah, that's what I was so. gonna say. I think we're showing restraint. I think Lampard wants his project to work with Conte. Obviously, he was hurt a lot last season. 
he's been shifting what he does every season since he arrived. Mm-hmm. So I think this season for Conte is like a, not a make or break because he's a world-class player. And trust me, if he if his future's not here, he'll find a new job. But mm-hmm. it's more of to what we want to do and, and does he fit in it. I think he probably will because he's just a good player. Yeah. But he also is getting up in age. So mm-hmm. maybe Chelsea will be you know, business savvy and, and try to get Rice a year from now when N'Golo is a year older and potentially we can still max out his kind of price in the market. I know Ron yeah. doesn't want him sold, but... Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> and we're not saying to sell him now. He's not, he's not, he's not getting sold. We're not selling yeah. him this season. Yeah. Unless he has an atrocious season, Conte's here to stay. Yeah. We right. just said, we just said that he wasn't going. And then, uh, well, you said that. We don't speak for everyone. Ron said that, (laughs) actually. (laughs) Okay, yeah, Ron speaks for us. Um, But just to quickly, the numbers thing. I think Havertz keeps us 29. I don't think a number really matters right now. That's Tomori's number. Oh, well, Tomori's going out on loan, so. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Uh, Well, I... The the crazy thing is that if we never got Pulisic and we also ended up selling still selling William, I would have no doubt in my mind that Cho would be getting the 10, even after doing nothing, because that's just the amount of control or influence I think he had. He had a lot of leverage uh, going into this year, I mean last year. But uh, anyway, let's let's go to this last question from Chelsea Eric. Um, He asks, Pulisic also missed a lot of games last season due to injury. Is he injury prone? Zach, I know you're a huge fan of our medical staff. Is he injury prone? <laughs> I stopped being a fan when Eva left. Um, but no, um, he does get hurt a lot. He picks up a lot of knocks, but I think that's a consequence of the way he plays. Um, he's a very direct dribbler. He doesn't shy away from the contact. He actually goes towards it, um, and he invites challenges like just by the way he dribbles and by the way he covers the ground with the ball at his feet. So it's it's common sense you put two and two together and the guy's gonna get kicked um i don't think he's injury prone um yet at least uh but he does get hurt quite a bit i think he does need to adapt the way he plays at times though um maybe not be so hands-on for the full 90 minutes and maybe take your foot off the gas pedal and kind of pace himself throughout the game so he's not, um, you know, fatiguing himself and leaving him, leaving him exposed, you know, late challenges and sloppy passing and, you know, hospital balls and things like that. So, um, but yeah, I don't want to curse it, guys. He's he's not injury prone, right, Andres? No, he's not injury prone. Yeah. I mean, he had one injury this season and then he came back after a preseason, basically, which is not even really a preseason because he couldn't train with his team. And then he played every single minute in a compact schedule which led to like a fatigue injury he's gonna be fine yeah he was playing more games than any premier league player is used to in in that short period of time with project restart i mean they were playing like almost every other day for a week so guys are gonna get hurt you know all right let's wrap up with a quick recap of the friendly between brighton uh a lot of players played um, so let's go through the starting lineup and then I'll mention the bench players who got some minutes. So starting in goal, Kepa, a back line of Marcos Alonso, Jake Clark-Seltzer, Christensen, Reese Clark, James. Clark-Seltzer? 
Clark Salter. <laughs> wow, did I really just say that? Jake Clark, uh, Clark so, Salter. Um, is, is there a problem that you want to discuss on air? Do we, do we need to have an intervention? About I think we what? need... About drinking? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, it's, a little, it's, it's a little bit of something else, but... Uh, well, Andre, Andreas Christensen, Reese James, uh, midfield of Kova, Conte, and RLC, and a front three of Ziyech, Cho, and Timo Werner. So the bench players who played, Willie, Rudy, Dave, Connor Gallagher, Lewis Baker, Ampadu, Ollie, Motson, Henry Lawrence, Luke McCormick, and Harvey Vale. Hey, I got all those pronunciations right. Shout out to Jake Clark Seltzer. <laughs> Very hard to pronounce Henry Lawrence. <laughs> hey, I like Jake Clark Seltzer. It's a good name. All right, so obviously the talking point of the match, Timo Werner gets his first goal. Only took him four minutes. Great run from Joe off the back uh, back shoulder. Just a peachy, peachy ball from Ziyech, who uh, you know, pa- played one of his patent, patented left-footed curlers over the top. And... Uh, Cho with the brilliant header completely misses and it thankfully lands right in front of a uh, right at Werner's feet who puts it away. Um, Andreas, I'll start with you since Timo is your guy. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on his performance? Spicy. That's my adjective. Nice. <laughs> he I, I, was just all over, man. He was good. He was making the runs in behind. Uh, he was making runs centrally and wide. Uh, he was looking to connect and connected pretty well with Ziyech throughout the match. Um, I mentioned to, to Zach before we put, we started recording that once the second team joined him, and which which this was already kind of the second team, but the second unit in the half second half joined him. Other players, soccer IQ is just not was not at his level, and he would try to connect with them in the first touch and quickly, and and these guys were not quite there. So once we have our full strength squad around him, it's just a matter of them getting that chemistry in practice before we see some very, very nasty combinations. Oh yeah. All right, Zach, what do you think about Timo? Um, the thing I liked is that he looked like he wanted to be out there in the preseason. He didn't look like he was, you know, taking it lightly. Um, you like to see that from a new signing, like right off the bat, um, kind of giving it a little bit extra in your first performance. So, so far, so good. It's still early, so I'm not going to make any, like, you know, big judgments. But we know what kind of player he is. We know what he's going to offer. And, you know, just the combinations that we're starting to see early on, um, the more chemistry that they'll start to get as they play more with each other, it's 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 it's, it's exciting, man. I mean, there's no way that, you know, um, a co- the combination of these players aren't going to create a lot of chances. And, uh and score a lot of goals. All right. Uh, let's just wrap up with uh, any other notable performances. Um, Andreas, you want to – I wasn't able to watch the full match, unfortunately. Uh, I thought it started at 12 o'clock my time, so when I woke up, like it was like <laughs> like 15 minutes Over. left in the match pretty much, 20 minutes. So I was able to catch that. But, Andreas, uh, what did you think about some other performances? Yeah, I, I'd say that – in this match, maybe 50 minutes of 50 minutes of it were actually worth watching. We had a lot of academy players finish out the second half, and that's when uh, the penalty goal for Brighton came, and our our chances offensively also went down. But 
Um, I think RLC looked much better in this preseason match than he did during Project Restart. He played at the 10, and I know that's somewhere he's a lot more comfortable or maybe just fitness levels are back. Uh, I think him and Cho tried to do too much, which was both a good thing and a bad thing. So they showed you know, flashes of brilliance, but they also showed dumb errors in the same match. Uh, your boy, Jake Hard Seltzer, um, he's alive. He's playing under a Chelsea jersey again, and I thought he looked very good at center back, uh, which I didn't even expect the kid to, to even put on the uniform. Um, the hashtag Kova crew can be really happy. I thought Kova was a pretty much a standout in the double pivot with Conte. He was still dribbling past people like, I don't know, like a what, a hot knife through butter. I don't know what else to use as a metaphor. It was just so nice. And what do he they almost say actually in Venezuela, got in a What's that? What do they say in Venezuela? <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm not even looking <laughs> at Spanish right now. Um, Rudiger is notable for the wrong reasons. Within five minutes of being on the pitch, he had a stupid penalty uh, against him, which luckily Willy Caballero stopped. And, uh, yeah, man, I mean, like I said, the guys that I wanted to see, Ziyech, Werner, looked great. I thought Reese James looked really healthy uh, and, like, lively up the right wing. Zach mentioned that Ziyech isn't the guy to run in behind, which only opens up more space for Reese James to get in dangerous situations. He actually had a really good shot, just barely missed the, the net. So, uh, yeah, there was good good shots obviously we didn't destroy brighton in the preseason maybe lampard doesn't want to show all his colors since brighton is our first match in the premier league anyway but exciting stuff and i also wonder if pulisic is back to start the season because cho looked decent um from what i saw uh from some highlights and i think we're gonna see uh, a couple runs from him to start off the season so I think that'll yeah. be something really exciting to look forward to. Really, you know, he he needs he needs every opportunity to prove himself because right now I think he starts week one. Yeah, yeah, he does. I think I think to. the talks about him right now is that he's overrated, that he's not worth what he is, and uh, I think he needs to prove himself. So he needs that opportunity. Yeah. All right, guys. I want to end the podcast on a positive note, so that's what we're gonna do after saying some nice things about Cho, courtesy of Psalm. Um, so until next week, keep the blue flag flying high.